morning, good night. I don't know when you found this. This is your boy, the nonprofit sector connector. Tommy D coming at you from my attic. I apologize. We're a couple moments late. Sometimes when you're coming up to the attic, you get caught on the stairs on your way up. And we just, we're running a couple minutes late, a little technical difficulty as we got the show going. But we are here. I'm excited. I'm always excited. My buddy Ray and I were just talking. He says, Tommy D, how long have you been doing this show? It's actually been since January 8th of 2021 and i was going to look at a spreadsheet i have somewhere we're like 70 some odd episodes 75 episodes into this program which i've sort of threatened the world that i'm probably going to do forever as long as i'm here that kind of forever you know and uh each week what do we do we bring on a leader of a nonprofit organization as i like to say help them tell their story and amplify the message amplify their message amplify the message of the organization and amplify the impact that they're making on the world because if through my network if through my connections we can help these organizations reach more people we can help tell their story to people who didn't know the story i mean look i know a lot of people in nonprofits, specifically where i hail from here on long island i didn't know right and it took my friend frank orzo at the long island imagine awards to introduce me to ray moeller who founded this organization called little saint nick foundation this is a special organization if you're on social media you might have seen your boy earlier this week with a Santa hat on and I was hanging up stockings. I wasn't really hanging up stockings. I mean, I know it's August, but, you know, I knew Ray was coming on the show and Ray was so gracious that we actually had an opening. We Ray was supposed to come on the show a few weeks out, but sometimes, you know, with the universe, things happen. And Ray was fortunate to uh, or I was fortunate to have Ray say yes when we asked him to bump it up. And he said, this is great news because we have an event coming up in October. Now this will give us the lead time to talk about that event and to promote that event as well. So super excited. Ray Moeller, good morning, my brother. How are you? What's going on, kid? I'm doing great, Tommy. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. This is awesome. Right on, man. Thrilled to have you here. So like I said to you, like we've talked leading up to this, this is this show is about you and your organization today. It's about you telling the story, you know, why some some, you know, six-year-old kid says i need to change the world i need to help other children what was the catalyst i mean i you know the story i know the story the people listening don't know the story so founder of the little saint nick foundation ray moeller why does this even happen and what is the impact i mean i know i'll actually tell you something let's let's just say this my cameraman for the video i did earlier this week my son when i said the number of children and families that this organization has impacted his mouth literally dropped open like he was going to catch flies he dropped it like i go dude you got to close your mouth you're going to catch flies because i will not say that number right now but in 15 years right is that what we're talking about about 15 years we've been at 18 years yeah 18 years. since uh, 2004 so we'll hold i'm gonna we're gonna tease it we're not gonna tell everybody that number of of how many you've impacted yet but tell me the story i mean this disease is called leg calf parthis disease, which is a rare childhood hip disorder, right? You yeah. told me the story. You get diagnosed with this, or why? What was it? Were you in pain? How does it even? How do we even find out about this? Yeah, so it was uh, twenty years ago, almost to the date. It was uh, late July, and I was actually at my niece's—not my niece, uh, my cousin's birthday party the day before running around totally fine and overnight that night I started to feel pain in my stomach and my hips and it was starting to intensify and then 
next thing you know, I woke up and I couldn't walk. So my dad carried me down the stairs and, you know, we knew that something was really wrong. So he took me to the doctor and the doctor said, you got to go to the hospital. So I'm born and raised on Long Island uh, in, in Limbrook. And we went up to what's now Cohen Children's Medical Center, the, uh, top, know, well, actually two of my children were born there. So I didn't know, I don't think I knew you were from Limbrook. I grew up in Franklin square. So we oh, were- yeah. Neighbors right here. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, I went there and not knowing what was wrong with me. It was very traumatic. No idea what was going on and nothing to do. You know, back then there was no cell phones and, you know, we were just rushing to the hospital. We weren't thinking about bringing things to keep me occupied. And then on top of that, you have all the other kids unoccupied screaming and crying and worrying on their own. So it was traumatic. Luckily at the end of that one day, I found that I had late cat birthies, which is a very rare uh, childhood hip disorder. That's uh, only common in Caucasian boys between four to eight years old. So it's extremely rare, uh, but essentially what happens, it's a lack of blood flow to the hip. And if you don't stabilize the hip, then the blood flow can't uh, get going and then the hip joint can't regenerate because it starts to deteriorate at that point. So had it not been addressed, right? Not, not that, you know, I know what the organization does is more about helping children who are going through other things, but, you know, just to shed a little more light on it, had this not been addressed, this is a, this is a real bad situation. Yeah. I mean, back then we we were blessed with a great doctor who said for two years, you can only walk, swim. And I had to wear a brace on my legs like this for 12 hours a day, but I made a full recovery, no surgeries, no more time back in the hospital. I've met two other people in my life who have had this same disease and they were advised just to take Advil and, and brush it off. And they've had uh, over eight hip surgeries and will probably have to get hip replacements by the time they're 40. So uh, I was blessed to uh, you know be able to have, have the guidance I had. And funny enough, the two other people I met are within two years of my age, both from South Shore, Nassau County, Long Island, wow. and both went to the same college as I did. Yeah, that's that's random. So, uh, and both of them, unfortunately, they didn't go to the same doctor. Like, yeah, both of them had to have you know all these surgeries growing up as kids. So I was I was lucky, and at the time of my diagnosis, all I cared about was I was able to go home. And I asked my parents on the way home, you know, what about those other kids? They going home today too? And they say, well, no. Sometimes I have to stay there for days or months or years, and I couldn't believe that after eight hours. So I kept asking what can I do? How can I give back to these kids? And with my birthday being Christmas Eve, I eventually had the idea to give my birthday and Christmas gifts back when I was turning five. So I asked my parents if we could do that. I said, of course. And I went back to the hospital right after my birthday. I just dropped off the gifts in the lobby and took a picture. And it was such a great feeling that I wanted to keep doing more. So the following year, I, you know, I didn't want to just give my toys. I wanted to give more. So I asked friends and family if they would be willing to donate toys or money so we could go buy more toys. And right after I turned six, on top of giving my own toys, I gave about three times the amount from just the community support. And it was at that point where my parents said, you know, if you want to keep doing this, we'll help you. Um, but we got to start a nonprofit. Uh, you know, now we're starting to collect donations and money in. So I said, okay, you know, to me, I'm, I'm just a kid thinking of what other kids uh, in the hospital or in my similar situation would want. And my parents, uh, you know, took on the brunt of, of starting the, the nonprofit while also running their own air conditioning and heating business. Uh, so did which, they which they still run. Did they, like I usually ask, like, 
you know, what was your background in nonprofit? Did you, I mean, this is a four-year-old boy, right? Who, who then on his fifth birthday, 1224, uh, my birthday is January 6th. So it's actually a little yeah. Christmas, you know, which is they say, historically, that's when the wise men came to visit the baby Jesus. I don't know. I was, uh. I was born in 1978. So I don't know what happened, you know, 1978. Years ago. <laughs> I wasn't there for any of that. But I, I, I do know uh, that that time of year, obviously, is a festive time of year, you know, whether it be the secular holiday that people are celebrating or, or the, you know, the Christian holiday, you know, I mean, I, and I say it that way, because I think people celebrate Christmas, who aren't always celebrating the birth of, of Jesus Christ. And I, I you know, right. my, my grandfather, my pop, my mom's father, actually had written a poem about that, you know, just to, as that focus, how that there is that like I say, secular or consumer piece of, of the holiday. So I want to talk about this though. So four-year-old turns five, all these gifts that are starting to be given away, your parents have, not, I don't want to say have to, but you've said, we got to, I want to keep doing this. And they're, the the best move structurally or business-wise was to form a nonprofit organization. Did either of them have any background in, in nonprofit or, or any of that? No, no. My, my parents started their air conditioning heating company about, 30 years ago because they had my brother and sister to support and they had to come up with some way to, uh, you know, raise a family. So that's, uh, that's kind of how that started, you know, just grassroots entrepreneurs. And, you know, when they decided to, we, we decided to make this something that I wanted to keep doing and make it a nonprofit so we can collect toys and money and everything. Um, we didn't know what to name it. And after my second toy drop off, a, uh, Long Island, I think it was Long Island Herald, did an article on me and they titled it Little St. Nick Gives Back. And my mom was on the phone with the accountant and they were like, you got to name this something. You got to call it something. She's like, I don't know what to call it. And uh, she had that newspaper on her desk and she said, let's just call it Little St. Nick. And that's how the uh, the name came to be. And, and we uh, snowballed from there. Who uh, li, li, words have meanings? I like wordplay. You said snowball. That's fun for me because I'm thinking Christmas. It is so hot in the attic. I actually have an air conditioner going up here. So you know, when you're listening to this, it might be winter time, gang. But right now it is August in a in a hot Long Island August day. I want to ask one question before we go to break. Who did the the graphics? These two cute little people, children holding hands with with the gifts. Did you draw that? Did one of your brothers? No. That, who it was that? done a long time ago. We used to be just a Santa hat, our logo. And then about a year or two after, we someone uh, designed this. I don't know, maybe it was our our uh, our, t- our T-shirt company where we get our T-shirts from. One of our, our, our donors, uh, Sunset Printing in Limbrook, he donates a bunch of T-shirts to us. So he might have sketched something up. But... It's not like complicated. It's but just cute. Yeah. I love it, man. It's, it's so special. Yeah, yeah we've, we've kept it all these years because everyone kind of gravitates towards it. No doubt. I think I need, uh, I always say this, I hate to even say this as hot as it is right now, but I think I need a hoodie. I think I need a, we got to get me, uh, I don't, I don't know, do you make hoodies? Can I, can we I make, we make nice zip up jackets. I got to uh, give you one. All right. Well, no, I don't want to give it. Well, I'll give you a check. You give me one. I'll give you a check for it. So <laughs> let's do this. Let's go to quick break. When we come back, let's talk more about kind of the evolution of the organization. I want to know what it feels like to, because it's really, it's, it's kids helping kids, right? It's not, yeah. you know, it's not just big corporations writing a check for five grand and a bunch of gifts. Although I know you like those, we all like those big checks, but it's actually the, the act. And I know this from having my own children, four of them, 
that when they get involved with a, a charity, when they get involved with a nonprofit, they feel themselves doing it. It's game changing. It changes your soul. It changes your heart. So I want to talk about that experience for these other children who are doing the gift giving. This show is Philanthropy in Focus. We are on track right now. Ray Moeller is here, founder of Little St. Nick Foundation. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So come through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. I don't care, Uncle Brendan Levy. I think I sing that song better than you do, baby. I'm not a singer, but I did have a part in writing that song, Ray Moeller. I, it was, I say on the show sometimes, it was like a Lennon and McCartney thing. Those are the guys from the Beatles. Just, I know you're a young fella. I, I know, I know. All right, I know you do. I'm being cute. I'm being funny with you. Shout out to those checking in on Facebook. If you're listening in, check in on Facebook, and then you can watch Ray and I have this conversation. What better than watching two men talk? What better than that? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Listening and watching, I guess. All right. We help and inspire 300 people in communities and hospitals every day of the year, spreading our movement of kids, inspiring and helping kids. Kids, helping kids. You have a four-year-old kid who gets diagnosed with this this disease that he can recover from. First of all, Ray, I I don't want to get too out there, but and I, you've told me this before, but the fact that 12 hours in this brace with your legs, like, I, while I mean, sleeping, not a small, <laughs> while sleeping, yeah, or trying to sleep, I guess. I mean, we're not talking about small feet. I know you weren't in the hospital or anything like that, but that ain't that ain't easy, right? I mean, that yeah. to, to do that and that commitment for how long? A year or two years? Two years, yeah. Only uh, walking, swimming, which is good for the hips, and uh, the brace. So. 
By the time I most five year old boys don't want to run around anyway. They just want to sit still and maybe go in the pool, right? Right. Come on. That's that's... my mom. My mom always jokes about how in the park she she would see me start to you know run or jog and play with the kids, and she was yelling me not to run, and all the other moms would look at her like, "Why is this? What's wrong with this one? Why is she not letting her kid play?" Because I couldn't. (laughs) Hey, you know what though? Shout out to your mom and dad. Shout out to you know your parents because. running a business and then running a nonprofit and still maintaining what they needed to do for you and your care through those early years, you know, that that's, yeah. not, that's not little. I mean, again, I have children. It is a challenge to have children and, and to raise them. So uh, certainly when a child has some different needs and, and uh, we have to focus on those things. So that's, that's great. So um, I just, I envision you, like see you sitting there with your legs like that. I'm like, this is not like you, you again, when you say it, it's matter of fact, but I just want to point out that the commitment that you made and your family made is, is yeah. wasn't just. If I was in my office, I'd show you the brace. We still have it. No kidding. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I will be in your office at one point to come for a visit, you know? Yeah, so, for sure. Whatever we could do, you know, whether it be helping pack some gifts. Let's talk about these gifts because it's, it's every $10, yeah. every $10 packs an anti-anxiety gift pack or gift bag for one kid in a hospital. So let's, let's give me what this feels like for you. I mean, Ray, I I consider myself, you know, a philanthropist. I consider myself someone of service who's trying to give back. You only know that since you're five years old. That's all you know is doing this thing. So I I see you smile when I see you because why wouldn't you? You're changing people's day all the time. I mean, you know, it's, I, I feel like it's, um, you know, I don't, I just said this recently and I don't know if I said it on a show or if I just said it in life, but, you know, at the end of Willy Wonka movie, it says, uh, you know, he says, you know, Charlie, you know, Willy Wonka says, Charlie, what happened to uh, to the boy who got everything he ever wanted? And he says he lived, you know, he lived this, uh, a happy life. Or, you know, he was he, everything was great. It was a sweet life. So I, I actually I butchered the line, but I know Mick Collins is looking on it at Facebook. So Mick will probably Google it. Get me the Willy Wonka line. Um, but my point is what you're doing every day as sure as it's difficult you're changing you're brightening children's day man what's better than what you're doing tell me about it tell me the experience well you know this was just an, a natural instinct you know it wasn't uh you know like i thought about it or i was influenced by anything it was just naturally thinking to myself i would not want any other kid to feel the way i did in the hospital so it was all right what can i do from what i know as a kid turning 5 all right i i have gifts let me give them yeah. And then once I did that twice, then we said, all right, let's try to take it a step further. There was always, you know, my vision as a kid, thinking of what other kids would want with my parents helping carry the logistics. So then we said, all right, you know, the next year, let's do a toy drive and let's collect a bunch of toys and let's actually go and visit the kids' bedsides. Then we would donate, you know, say a thousand toys that we would collect locally, go to a hospital ask the nurses to get the feedback from the patients on what they like. And we'd try to pick out the toys. Then we would go with a sports star. We went uh, a few times with Islander players, jet players, Nick players, Ranger players uh, to the hospital and actually enhance it. All right. We're donating toys for the unit to have. We're visiting the kid's bedside. Now they're also meeting a a sports star that will give them an autograph. And uh, then it went to our our gift bag program, which, um, you know, is really back to the whole, Uh, beginning of things where it's that immediate relief of anxiety the toys you know we were doing these big events and giving out these toys bedside after 
these kids went through that initial shock of being in the hospital, getting admitted, and now they're getting treatment or taken care of, you know, they're already a day or two in to be in there. Uh, you know, for me, I was only there eight hours, and that initial shock is what is what got me. So, so, it's, so it sounds like again, and and we've talked offline. You know, when you came to an event we did recently at at the racetrack, you know, we talked about St. Mary's Hospital. I've been to St. Mary's Hospital in Bayside, Queens. When we were together, it was the Bayside Business Association outing uh, at the at the track. Um, you know, I've been in some of these settings where you know uh, you just we just have to find great gratitude and yeah so appreciative of what we have and how we have it because some people are are in very very difficult situations some of these children are going to be in there in the hospital for years so what you're addressing for me is it's that initial piece i'm in the hospital now um and then it's it, but it's more long term it's it's getting involved i mean i don't know I, I i think we probably did talk about a moment of magic which is an organization my friend kylie mm-hmm. mcgreen founded and for the last seven or eight years, this organization, uh, they they go into the hospitals dressed as princesses and superheroes. It's a really, really special. Kylie's been on the show. You need to meet her because I see what you're doing. In fact, I did some work with her. We put some bravery bags together right. at the St. Mary's Hospital. So I, there's certainly overlap here. I see the way I'm about, you know me, man, I'm the nonprofit sector connector, right? So how do we get together and do things that are bigger and better as a community Right. Because it does. It takes a village. And I'll tell you, it takes a village because now I'm here in the chat box. Our producer, Dylan, is giving me the answer that I botched here on Facebook. My friend Mick Collins is giving me the answer that I botched. So here's what it is. Mr. Wonker says, don't forget what happened to the man who suddenly got everything he wanted. And Charlie Bucket's response is what happened? And Mr. Wonker says he lived happily ever after. And I love that. That's yes, it's a cute movie. It's Look, the Gene Wilder one was great. If you saw the Johnny Depp, I love Johnny Depp. That was all. It was like two different movies, first of all. Like, yeah. it's not even. I don't know if you saw the two, you know, yeah. Willy Wonka. And I love Johnny Depp, but it was a bit of a darker movie. But it was, uh, well, it's Johnny Depp and uh, and Tim Burton. So what do you expect? But it's that, man. It's about making impact. You're changing the day of not only these children, but you're changing the day of their families, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's a uh, you know with our gift bag, the beauty of it is it has such a, a massive and we call it a simple gift bag with a big impact. And you know, we didn't really know what we were getting into when we started it. We just had the idea. All right, let's try to get the the, the quickest point of contact from when a child and their family enter a hospital. Let's have that immediate relief of anxiety. So when that happens and they get this bag, now the patient is feeling comfort they're feeling that someone else cares about them and they have a positive distraction so you must be working sorry to interrupt for a second you must be working directly with nurses right i mean we know who who is engaging uh you know with these children early on and i i mean having had four children and um been in the hospitals for different things i know the nurses on the front lines shout out to our nurses yes shout out to our other professionals in healthcare. but we we know this I've, i've many nurses in the family um, so we love our nurses. We love our first responders. What, what is, are, are the bags in the hospital already, or is it like, are you going with some level of regularity to these different hospital systems? Tell me about that. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's a long-term partnership. We want to make sure that every single kid who enters their hospital, the standard is they receive this gift bag, not one kid has it, five kids don't. And they're kind of looking around and saying, how come that kid got it? So we plan it out say, all right, 
Let's see on average how many patients they expect to see this upcoming month. We make sure they have enough gift bags for that given unit, whatever unit we agree on most of the time it's admissions or emergency department units. And then, you know, if, if they're getting low and they're seeing more kids, great, they'll call us and we make sure that they have enough. So it's always about that consistency. And that's, what's cool about it. It, you know, went from just delivering toys, maybe around the holiday times or a couple of times a year to now having this everyday impact and this kind of Christmas and giving all year long. So that's, that's how we got to that 300 kids everyday number um, because we're giving out gift bags here in New York, down in Tampa. Right in Tampa, Florida. How does that happen? Because I wanted to get to that. Yeah. Down in Tampa. So, you know, going back to this forever, it was just doing what we can. And then I decided to go to the University of Tampa in 2016 uh, with not really knowing what I wanted to do with my life. And, you know, my, my mom made me visit the school and I fell in love with it. And that was it. I decided I wanted to go there. But, um, you know, we were still having one fundraising event in New York, having one big toy drive, and we did what we could. So I didn't know if I wanted to keep doing this or just do it when I come home. And right before I went to college, I was on a Nickelodeon documentary called The Halo Effect, and it highlighted 10 kids from across the country doing community service work. And a boy in St. Louis, Missouri, reached out to us and said, I saw your show when I was in the hospital with a broken leg. And I want to do what you do. And on the show, we did a toy drive. We packed the bags. We went to the hospital, gave out the bags, had a toy party. actually at St. Mary's. Um, and they said, all right, uh, you know, do a fundraiser or something. We said, no, no, I want to do all these things physically here in St. Louis. How old was he at the time? This he was 12. So, uh, and I'm like, all right, you know, I'm just trying to learn how to be a college student. But, uh, you know, next thing you know, my first semester of college was spent trying to prepare a 12-year-old to run a backpacking event, conduct a toy drive, and also he arrange. Wasn't, he wasn't on Long Island, and he wasn't in Tampa. So, no. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with a, with a single mom with a high-profile job, so she was really busy. And, you know, it was a lot of it was on this 12-year-old to execute it, you know, because I'd never been to St. Louis before. <laughs> so we go out to St. Louis for my Thanksgiving break. And we didn't know what to expect, but this 12-year-old boy got 100 Honor Society kids to come to a library space that he reserved, packed our gift bags, did about 1,000 gift bags, made get well cards. He did a toy drive before we got there, maybe got about 500 toys, and organized all logistics with the hospitals. And that's when we said, wow, you know, not only did this one kid help thousands of kids, but he inspired these 100 kids to give back just by giving them an outlet. Let's, let's pause for a second, but like ripple effect. What is that? I don't, if you are listening right now and you're 32 or 42 or 52 and you're like, Hey man, you know, I, I'm, I can do that when I'm older or whatever. Why don't you do it now? <laughs> like, why don't you just start now? And if you're 22 or 12, why don't you do it now? Like what, you know, we're guaranteed zero. We don't know. I know I, that Ray and I are going to continue this conversation. Past that, I don't know what happens after this meeting. So get out there. I'm staring at you right into the little eyeball on my camera. Get out there, make an impact, do something now. Because if a 12-year-old can do it, then you certainly can do it at 22 or 32 or 42. And you're probably going to be around for a long time, but you might not. So make your impact while you know you're going to be here. Ray, I want to talk more about that story with that young man when we come back, how that, and that's obviously going to take us back to Tampa and what you're, what has been done and what's going on since you're back on the islands. 
And we have events that you just had an event. We have an event coming up. We talked about golf. And then I want to talk about connections. I want you to give shout outs to those who have supported you over the years, if you could. And then I also want you to tell me, Tommy D, you know who would be great? It'd be great to meet this organization or these people or that company or whatever that may be. That's when we play connector at the end of the show. This is Philanthropy in Focus. That's right. I'm Tommy D. We'll be right back. Howdy, it's Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on NYC every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauber, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. We. Are. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back in the attic. You know, when I hear Tampa, I, I'm going to get myself in trouble with a lot of people right now because, you know, I, I grew up here on Long Island and, um, you know, I, I was never a Jets fan. Um, and if anything, I was more of a Giants fan. Right. Because my dad liked the Giants, but I just love NFL football. My my oldest son loves it, too. So we, we like that. But that kid, Tom Brady, talk about Tampa. I just love that guy, man. And like, I probably just lost a whole bunch of friends just by putting that out. <laughs> I just, I mean, how do you not like a kid? Like, and he's not a kid. He's a, he's a year older than I am. I mean, his birthday is actually, I think his birthday was yesterday. He's got to see him. Birthday is my dad, um, mm-hmm. August 3rd, if I'm not mistaken. So and he's born 77. So he's 45, which, right. A guy's 45 years old playing at the top of the game in the NFL. Like, did you? Crazy. Did you catch any? I mean, were you down there? You went down there in sixteen. So you were you down there when Brady showed up? So I graduated right when he showed up in the heart of COVID. <laughs> right. So uh, I went to a few games when it was Jameis Winston and other quarterbacks, and the Bucks weren't good. So my goal this year is to say, you know what? We'll spend the money. We'll go because you know it might be his last year, and it'll be worth well, it. Probably not. Not with this guy. But I tell you, I was down there in uh, March. And it's just, you know, this giant 
posters like outside the stadium and it was cool again nothing going on but it was just you know just seeing it seeing it uh he's a champion he's a goat man what are you gonna say that's so let's it. talk let's talk tampa because i know that's what we were talking about in the chat we want to talk tampa so let's yeah talk. yeah so you know right after that st louis experience where we saw this one boy not just help thousands of kids but inspire these hundred kids we said what if we not only help kids in need but also inspire kids of all ages to give back because i was a kid of all ages giving back and it was always really focused around ray moeller jr yeah. giving back not little saint nick foundation you know that was just kind of that's interesting even up until recently like 2016 it was sort of like yeah. the ray it thing. was always it was always myself i was going to the hospitals i was pretty much packing the gift bag solo with a couple other people doing the drop-offs and starting the toy drives. Everything was on myself. Because my you know, and I noticed, I was looking at my notes here, you have a bachelor's degree in entrepreneurship. You know, that's not scalable, right? You know, right. doing the thing, starting the machine. No, that's not. How do we, how do we get out and, and uh, yeah, more, more little rays, more little St. Nick's running yeah. once you're doing this, right? So then, you know, we said, all right, let's do this. And then it was the holiday time and, we said, all right, you know, we, we talked to someone who's been on some nonprofit board. He said, you need to form a larger board of people that can help, you know, write a business plan and you get an actual office where we can do these volunteer events and store our stuff. So we said, all right. So I will go back to the University of Tampa, start my second semester saying, I got no idea how to start a business plan. My dad's business plan was knocking on doors because he needed money. And, you know, he's a successful businessman. But he never wrote a business plan. And this is, I was, I was at the time and uh, a sports management major thinking I wanted to do something in that. Yeah. And the uh, first day of sports management class, I walk in and say, all right, uh, part of this class, you got to do a bunch of community service hours. And it has to be through these certain avenues. I'm like, I do all the community service in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so I was calling my dad. I'm like, I don't see this benefiting me. And so I just take a general business class. I said, okay. So I found like the last available general business class and this guy is up there talking the professor and you eh, sound, sound smart on all these stories traveling all over the world so let me just set up a meeting with him shoot him an email i'm in your class love to meet i meet with him i talk to him tell him my story and he starts crying and he says uh, i'm from i've traveled all over the world my wife lives in washington dc and uh, i came down here to teach this year at the university of Tampa. And i don't know why i just picked it randomly i got a condo down here and i wanted to teach to give back and he said now i know why I, oh, I chose this. My God, right? You're killing me, man. Yeah. Like, this is the stuff. This is what happened, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, you don't even know why he's down there, and and this is the connection that gets made. Oh. So he he says to me, he says, "You know what? I'm I'm here to help you, and and what can I do?" I said, "Well, uh, people say we need a business plan," and he's I I'm an expert in writing business plans. So he spent the semester writing a business plan. I came on my spring break, recruited a board of directors of people who all, you know, supported us over the years that, you know, have, we stayed in touch with, et cetera. Uh, we got an office space, and by June of 2017, had our grand opening at our office, our first real board meeting with more people than just me and my parents. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we said, all right, let's 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 scale this. And was, with, let, let me stop you for a second. Before this whole transition, uh, all kidding aside, it was just you and your parents, or was there any other – people on the board we had, we had you know a, a committee we've been doing our golf outing for this will be year 16 so we had a committee that would help with event planning um but yeah it was just my my vision and my parents uh, making it happen so that's so so that's incredible but again elevating our game you know 
going what got us here is not going to get us to that next step right it was right. that sort of understanding now you have a business plan right it was it was either do nothing do what we're doing when i come home or make it big and after that st louis experience we said make it big so um you know we said all right you know we got to do something if we want kids of all ages involved we got to make this as simple as possible for not only people to understand but for people to volunteer and we would have these backpacking events where really all it was was someone putting one item in a bag and passing it down or yeah, like coloring an assembly in, line, right? Right, an assembly line or a kid coloring in a get well card and adding it to the assembly line. So we said, all right, you know, we started doing it in New York. We had a chapter leader here, him and his family. It's a whole other story of how they got involved. And um, they would run all the volunteer events. They would run the toy drives. They'd bring the bags to hospitals and kind of like what me and my family do now, this family was taking on here in New York. Said, all right, you know, this is a family. They're really inspired and they're taking on a lot. I mean, a lot of hours a week. So we said, let's do this. Since I'm at the University of Tampa, let's try to put on one of these events on campus without knowing anyone. Let's just go to student government and see what we can do. So student government says, we'll take care of everything. We'll get funding. We'll get shirts. We'll get food. And we'll get the people there. You just show up on the middle of campus with all the items. So, Okay. And the morning of, we don't have no head count. We don't have nothing. And I'm like, this you could got just be. Oh, I said, this, stuff. You, you I said this could just be. This could just be like back in the day with me, my parents, and a couple friends packing a thousand gift bags in the middle of the Tampa heat. <laughs> and uh, we get there, and we had 300 students show up in the first hour. Uh, and that was the moment I knew. I said, "Yep, this this is something that even if people don't know, there's something pulling people to to want to get involved. It's it's simple." It's tangible, and people really love to be involved with it. So then we just kept working on it, duplicating one thing in New York while I was down in Tampa, and then we were building up, building up. We partnered with a hospital in Tampa. We started to get more people involved. We're trying to have a couple of big fundraising events, and then, boom, COVID hits. <laughs> so then uh, it was all right. Right. It was no getting into the hospitals at that point. Anyway. Well, that's the interesting thing. We, are, we still haven't had – uh, our big hospital events. We haven't gone bedside. We haven't even donated really any toys. But our gift bag program becomes so essential to the hospital, it did never stop once COVID hit. Okay, that makes sense, though, because it's, you know, getting into the hospitals, we all know, whether it was New York or Florida at that matter, although the states have different ways of doing things, but no one was really getting into the hospitals to be bedside, as you say. Right. But, still but, not. Yeah, yeah, still. But that was, you said it used the word became essential to these mm-hmm. to hospitals you know what's interesting to me right about this whole thing obviously the whole story is interesting and great but that I, and i even want to talk to kylie mcgrain over at a moment of magic it it kind of it, it floors me sometimes that these things that an organization like yours had to come into play to make these things they sound not to I'm going to use some words here, and I don't mean them disrespectfully, but basic and fundamental type stuff that you would think would just have been there. But that's really what I learned about, you know, in doing this show is we're telling stories because these organizations are filling in a gap that wasn't there, right? It wasn't there. Yeah, you know, we take a lot of the stress and pressure off the hospital of we had to do the quality control of the items. We pack the bags, we put them in the right containers, and we deliver them so that it's just grab and go. A nurse a child life specialist, whomever can say, all right, the bins are here. We got a new patient. I grab it. I give it. I don't worry about anything. Um, And that I think is, is the real value. And on top of, you know, you get that distraction for the patient. Now the families have one less thing to worry about. So now they're a little calmer 
And then you see the doctors and nurses, they're able to better interact with the families and the patient, even get some icebreakers in there so that when they send in the medical team to do whatever, the more harsher stuff for the patient, they're able to break the ice and it's just a smoother process. If you walked around the emergency department of Cohen's right now, you see every kid coloring, holding a stuffed animal, may, uh, reading the get well card. And it's just, it's, a, it's weird because it's like a Zen yeah. environment for a place you would think would be so chaotic. And right. that's, that's the beauty of, I wanna, of the when we can, I want to go out. I want to be with you on one of these. I want to be supportive. I want to, I want yeah. obviously, but I want to, I'd love to see what you're talking about. What's in the kit. We're going to go to a break in a minute, but what yeah. exactly, I don't think I asked you this yet. What is I, so, you know, you get yeah. the, the child is given the kit what's in there yeah coloring book crayons a stuffed animal and that handmade get well card recently we just added in the little poppet toys because all the kids love those and they're easy to clean uh we partner with south oaks hospital which is a behavioral health hospital out in amityville and those kids are sadly there for a much longer stays so we added in things like decks of cards or stress balls that they can kind of use more throughout their stay uh, and have just different variety of options so um, yeah, the essentials, coloring book crayons, stuffed animals, poppets, and that handmade get well card, which makes that kid to kid relationship that you really can't duplicate from a business to a kid or a parent or an adult to a kid, you know, and, and they, they have that great sense of comfort knowing that someone else, similar mindset, similar age understands them and feels for them. It's, it's pretty powerful. It's incredibly special, man. I, I, um, we do have to take a break, but I can't hug you through the computer, man. It doesn't work that way. Uh, listen, thank you for being here. We're going to come back. We're going to do the quick. We're going to, I want to hear about the luau. Yeah. I hear about the upcoming golf outing. I'm getting all sensitive, man. I want to hear about um, what you need. Who can we connect you to? Who can help? I want to talk about that stuff. Awesome. This is Tommy D. I can barely get through an episode without getting all mushy. This is Philanthropy and Focus. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So come through all the static. 
I love it. It's catchy. Your father, I joined Tommy in his attic. I, I, my younger son, he walks around the house singing that song at me, and then he like gives me the business. He like makes fun of it a little bit too, because at seven, he's already got it. He got it figured out how to how to get you know get under your skin. All right, so like, let's do this. This is uh, I call this the lightning round, man. We got a little bit of time and a lot of stuff we want to get to. So let's talk luau. The turnout, I know you told me that's an incredible event every year. People yeah. like put it on the calendar a year ahead of time because they want to be there. Get the golf outing coming up. And I want to just I want you to put out there some shout outs and thank yous if you'd like to, and then who we gotta get you to, who you gotta meet. Yeah. Well, our, our our Luau event, we started in 2017. Someone else put it on for us, and it was such a big hit because it's a fun summer night, it's a low-cost event, free food. We get the place donated to us, and we did it over in Freeport, and we moved its docks in Island Park, and they're, they're wonderful to work with. Uh, if no one's been there, check it out. It's on the open bay on Long Island. They, they hook you up with – just go back. They donate second. all the food and the whole venue to us, uh, which Shout is great. The docks. Yes. Where are they? Who do they who do Docks in Island Park, yeah. Great people, great spot to hang out, great food. Uh, and, and just a really nice vibe. So we did it there last year, uh, with still people being a little iffy with COVID and we had about 175, 180 guests raised $20,000, which in the past luau's we would only raise about 10. And this year with thanks to, you know, some, a lot of sponsors went from 10 sponsors to 28 to 42, uh, this year. Uh, and, uh, we raised over $30,000 at over, uh, 200 attendees. And what was cool was, we had a lot of people telling us they want to bring their kids and you know that's something you have to think about when you have kids get a babysitter something like that right, right. so we said you know what bring your kids and we'll have our other kid volunteers guide them in making get well cards and telling them what they're doing so we had uh, about 20 or so kids there making get well cards and giving back while you know their parents and the adults are fundraising so it was a really cool uh thing that we never did before but we did at this event so a lot of fun, and you know it was a huge success. Uh, and that was last last Thursday, yeah. That's that's incredible. And again, I told you I wasn't on the island, but I really I can't miss that next year, man, because yeah. that's something. Like, first of all, I'm trying to share and put something on Facebook for Docs to give them a shout out and stuff. Yeah. like what they did for you, that's incredible. Uh, that's just that that community based stuff, like the nonprofit and the for profit getting together and for profits serving. Uh, the nonprofit is so important. So, but I, I would love to have my kids out at an event like that. Cause that's, yeah. just, and that's the real stuff to getting to see it in motion. So we do, uh, yeah, we do about um, one in New York, one in Tampa every month, just a, a pure backpacking event where it's a youth group, a school, a business that comes together. They collect the items for the gift bags. They do a fundraiser and they'll give us the money and we'll go out and buy the items and we do these backpacking events and get well card making events to be able to supply the hospital. So every month it's different local kids coming together to make the cards, not just pack the bags, but they're collecting the items or fundraising for the items. And then we're actually going and distributing. We had a, a girl in December who spent pretty much all last summer in Cohen's medical center, um, made a full recovery from her illness, but she said, I want to, I want other kids to have this gift bag. And she made these little tiny rubber dolls and she sold them at a dollar a piece. She raised about $400. She took all the money 
bought all of our gift bag supplies and showed up to our office the day before our, my birthday and said, here you go. You know, and we have her whole story on our website too. So you know that was the, it was your birthday. It was that kind of set up that way too. No, it was just, Hey, we did, we did this leading up to the holidays. Can we drop it off on the 23rd? I said, perfect. So, um, you know, it's, it's really cool to see just kids of all ages wanting to do it. You know, at the Luau, all, we didn't have the bag packing. It gets a little too much. Um, so we just had to get well cards. They were doing the cards. Right. They make the cards and all the kids were like, well, can we pack the bags now too? Like we're making these cards, but I hear there's bags, you know, just, but these kids, you know, they've never been involved before, but just natural pull of it. And I, and I'm sure you get this at this point, but you're changing those children's lives. Like you're changing the trajectory. Like when my, I I try so hard not to make this about me or my ego, but like when my seven-year-old says, Hey dad, when are we doing another day of service? At mm-hmm. seven, he's asking when we're going to do a day of service for a nonprofit. That's a big deal, man. Like that kid is, is thought- I have, a, I have I- a perfect seven-year-old to introduce him to. We have a feature <laughs> dropping tonight with uh, Tampa Bay News 10, a two-minute feature on their news. And this seven-year-old boy got together a group of his friends in a park in Tampa. His mom went out and bought all the items. He packed about 100 bags. Uh, and then he did a school project on it about how he gave back. And the funny thing was all the parents got there, all the kids knew each other, but the parents had no idea who they were. They were all introducing themselves and it was truly just put on by the kids. No kidding. So uh, no reason you can't do something. Your age doesn't matter if you're seven or 77, it doesn't just friggin' do it. Like just do it. Like just lean in and do the thing. I'm totally inspired. And, and that's going to be on Tampa news tonight or something like that. Yeah, Tampa news 10. We'll share it on our, our it should be a, a web link. We'll be able to share, but you know, it's, it's, Goes to show a seven-year-old gets inspired, wants to give back. The mom's actually a doctor at a hospital we're partnering with down in Tampa, North Bay. And, uh, you know, it, it all just, it, it's so easy for people to go out, collect these items or donate to us. And we're able to get these items easily. It's easy events. We keep it an hour and a half to two hours where everyone's motivated. Not a, not a heavy lift. It does. Engaged. And, you know, we've had kids as young as two years old helping on the assembly line. So of course you can, you pick something up, you put it in a bag. We're not. Yeah. So the volunteer events and the initiatives are constant. We get, you know, hundreds of kids a day just making get well cards for us all over the country, all over the world. Yeah, really. so let's, let's shout that out. And then let's talk off. Like if somebody wants to get involved, how do they do this? Right. How do they get? Yeah. Well, they can uh, go on our website. We have a contact us submission. Anyone wants to make get well cards, we can tell them where to send them, whether they want to send them to New York or Tampa. Is that Maybe, a standard thing or are they making their own get well card? They can make their card. We just developed a couple months ago our own get well card, which we can send them a file. They can print it out. And it has our logo that someone can color in and write their name on it, who it's from, and then do whatever on the inside. So we keep kind of innovating that. Yeah. But um yeah, our, our websites are great. Our, our DMs on social media are always open, and we're, we're always needing more cards because think about how quickly you can pack a bag on an assembly line compared to one kid making one card, you know? So we're always in need of, of more of them, and, and we're blessed to have. You know, so those, those the three, What's the website, Ray? LittleSTNick.org. LittleSTNick.org. It's on Facebook. LittleSTNick.org. Right. And, uh, yeah, and on there, too, our events page, we have our – our big event, our, our golf outing and dinner coming Talk up. Tell me on, about that because we were talking about it earlier offline. Yeah, Tell me about yeah. that. October 10th at the Woodside Club in, in Syosset. Uh, it's going to be – it's always been our biggest fundraiser. I believe last year we raised about $160,000. 
and uh, you know, we're expecting to be at capacity for golf and over 300 dinner guests. It's, it's a golf outing. Uh, as I was telling you off air, Tommy, that, you know, we really do uh, a, a good of a job as we feel we can with our dinner presentation because we really want everyone to feel, you know, you're donating tonight and here's where it's going with videos and testimonials from board members who have lost children at young ages in the hospital or who are still battling with their kids in the hospital, but they're on our board because they want to help us keep giving back because they know the value and importance of our programs or, you know, we're going to have some of our little saints up there. We just granted a wish to a, a 12 year old boy with leukemia in Huntington. He's been battling leukemia for over a year. We went there with Frank Orgel's grandson and our other New York chapter leader. And we surprised him with a new pair of Jordans that he really wanted. And now those kids are connecting with Jaden, the 12 year old boy. So now at the event, we're going to honor Jaden and we're going to have our little saints there. And, you know, it, we really want everyone to feel the magic of it. And we, we call what we do, the, the power of St. Nick, because it just, everyone kind of, gravitates towards it and it's kind of all naturally flowed over the years nothing's been forced or or pushed so october 10th if anyone you know we're looking for dinner guests sponsors um you know it's, it's a great event to to attend and, and really feel um you know okay i know exactly where my money's going and how this organization helps others so that's it's incredible. I, I, I almost just went to call you Nick, right? It's hysterical because you keep people do. People I'm do. Sure they do. Why not? It's, <laughs> it's anonymous, right? We got we're gonna have to leave it there. So I yeah. wanna I, I what I love what you said though, real quick about the golf outing is you know, if you I played in a golf outing yesterday oh, and then yeah. I told you earlier I shot out to another event out on Long Island last night, uh, another nonprofit event. Uh well, why don't I just shout them out? Tigerman and also uh, Long Island Coalition Against Bullying. That's where I was yesterday. But I'll I'll say um you know, the, the dinner at the golf outing sometimes is like a, you know, an extra piece, right? Like it's right. like, oh, well, so people show up and they pay and it's not, you know, it's more there as you and I were saying as like dinner and for the guys and gals who had played, it's not for, it's what you explained to me though. It's its own event where like, if someone just shows up for the dinner, because that's what's appropriate for them, it's going to be an experience for them too. They're right. going to the program. They're going to learn about the little saints. They're going to learn about the mission, the whole thing. Yeah. Thank you for what you're doing, man. Thanks for, I'm so glad. Shout out to you, Frank Orzo. You just said Frank yes. Orzo's name. If it wasn't for Frank and you and me at the uh, Long Island Imagine Awards, that's how we met. And and now I hope uh, I hope we could be friends forever. And uh, I, I certainly want my children to be involved with what you're doing. Thanks for being here, man. I'm going to shout out who's coming on next. Anything you got to say before I do that? Nope. Just uh, visit the website, littlestnick.org. Looking for business sponsors, any hospital that wants to partner with us. We're, we're open and ready. And uh, thanks for having me on. This was awesome. You got it, brother. I'm glad you're here. Next week on this program, my friend and colleague, Jamila Bergen, will be here. She's from the Opportunity Network, which connects students from historically and systemically underrepresented communities to college access and success, internships, career opportunities, and personal and professional networks. I will tell you this, gang. If it wasn't for me taking the coursework I did with the Institute for Nonprofit Practice, I don't meet Jamila. I don't meet Michael Partis, who's been on this program before. I don't meet my friend McKean Kaleem, who'll be on this show later this month. I, I don't meet I don't meet Kofo, my other friend from the North Star Fund. These are people. It's all about your networks. It's all about playing connector. It's all about bringing together so we're all better off. Ray, thanks for being here. Thank you all for checking in. Make it a great day. I'm your boy, Tommy D. I'll see you later on.